Welcome to the Zen of Everything, a Zen take on life, love, laughter, and everything else. With Jundo Cohen, a real Zen master. That's me. And Kirk McElhern, that's me, a guy who knows a bit about Zen. Good morning, Roshi. A very fine gosho to you. Yeah, sir. One, one second. I just got to finish this chapter. I'm on the last page here. Do you have time to read outside of when we're recording? Get your priorities straight here. Uh, what do you say? It's very good. It's a it's a page turner. It's a very good uh, a Zen book by Tom Clancy. The Hunt for Red Dogen? <laughs> <laughs> what is our topic today? Well, in our last episode, we talked about how we have too much stuff. And we mentioned all the books that you have in the bookshelves behind you. And I'm sure that those aren't the only bookshelves in your house. You mentioned something to the effect that Zen is a special transmission outside the scriptures, not depending on words and letters, yet there are lots of books about Zen. So I thought we could have an episode where we tell people what the best books on Zen are. Of course, best is relative, and we're really only going to talk about Soto Zen, but if you had to choose just 10 or 12 books from that bookcase behind you, what would you choose? Other than Tom Clancy. Other than Tom Clancy's The Hunt for Red Dogen. Okay. And I'm also going to reserve uh, at the end, because you know the kind of podcast this is, I'm going to mention, try to be fair, some of my least favorite Zen books, too, while we get to Number one book, as you know, I am a Soto guy, so I'm biased, right? Okay, but hold on. You can't recommend your own book. I'm not recommending my own book called The Zen Master's Dance, A Guide to Dogen and Who You Are in the Universe, published by Wisdom Publications. Available for a very reasonable price on Amazon and your local book dealer. I'm not going to mention that at all or promote it in any okay. way. Okay. I'm talking about other than my book. Well, I shouldn't say other than my book. Other than my book. In addition to your book. The Zen Master's Dance, A Guide to Dogen and Who You Are in the Universe. Okay, okay, okay. Move on. Uh, the best book as an introduction to Shikantaza, which is the kind of Zazen we sit in Soto Zen. As I said, we're going to be biased towards Soto Zen because I'm a Soto Zen fellow. This is the classic by the great Kosho Uchiyama Roshi, Opening the Hand of Thought, about sitting to sit. Thoughts come. We don't try to stop the thoughts. We open the hand and don't grab them. We let them be. It is the best, most practical. Um, easy-to-read explanation of just sitting Shikantaza that I know. I agree. I think it's a wonderful book, except there's this chapter where he gets all these lines and geometry and mathematics and stuff, which I think a lot of people can skip. But his down-to-earth teaching, I, I find very profound. Oh, yeah, even the, the, the part with the lines, I think you mean to know. He, he meant that the, the mind wanders, wanders away, you bring it back. It wanders the other direction, you bring it back. It's a, it's it's not uh, rocket science. No, I know, but it's just a little bit off-putting the way those those diagrams in and Z prime and A prime and B prime and all that. But wonderful book. I really like Kosho Uchiyama. I want to mention another book by Kosho Uchiyama, which maybe is on your list for later. It's How to Cook Your Life. It's a translation of the, what's it called again? Enzo Kyokun, Instructions for the Cook, the Temple Cook. Right, Tenzo Kyokun. And I've always wondered why that's not called the Tenzo Genzo. Oh, cute. 
Anyway, it's it, it was on my list. Okay. Uh, we were going to get to it later as I think the, again, by Uchiyama Roshi, highly readable, the most practical guide to wise living, taking the life and attitude of the temple cook and bringing it into all our life, our ordinary work, our, our lives as parents, our lives and family. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. It has a couple of titles, How to Cook Your Life. And also the other title is, let me remember. Mm, what's it called again? One second. I, I had it down here. Ah, Instructions for the Cook? It has a couple of titles. The other one is The Zen Kitchen 2 Enlightenment Refining Your Life. It's the same book, different cover. Uh, if you can get either one, uh, there's no difference. But uh, highly, highly, highly recommend it. Is this, I don't have the book handy. Is this published by Tuttle, the publisher? who republishes Zen books with different titles to get people to buy them twice? Yes, they do do that, don't they? Yes. Th yeah. They've done that several times. Yeah. 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 So what's next on your list? Well, okay. Can I give a classic and also a little asterisk of why it may be slightly overrated? We can start annoying people right at the start of the... Of the... Sure. Okay. The classic Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Suzuki Roshi. That was the first Zen book I read about 40 years ago. And it is for a lot of people as an introduction to Soto Zen. It also leaves a lot of people scratching their head a little bit, you know, kind of wondering, uh, you know, there's parts of it that's a little hard to understand. Is it is it because of the, uh, how to say, the, the Zen wisdom is beyond? No, it, it has to do with a very simple thing. Suzuki Roshi was kind of live lecturing. They were making transcripts with bad tape recorders, and he he didn't speak English so well. Yeah. So I, I, they patched it all together uh, lately, later. So a lot of the sections that are hard to understand is because nobody understood what he was saying. Okay? <laughs> nobody wants to say that. It's but like, it's a transmission beyond words. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's a little bit. It's not the emperor has no clothes, but it's a little bit like not every section of that book is pure wisdom. Some of it is he was live talking and he had a tendency to kind of wander over here with his thoughts and wander over there. And uh, uh, sometimes he was just saying things. It wasn't so, I don't think it was so deep. And the students later, they, they took notes. They didn't really understand. I would say the book is a classic, but not every part of it. Right. When I bought it, I, it was 1981 or 82. There were very, very few Zen books available. The only other one I found at the time was that book called Zen Flesh, Zen Bones by Paul Reps, which is a collection of Zen koans and Zen stories and the ox herding uh, pictures and stuff like that. But you didn't have many Zen books for a long time. It wasn't until the, 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 the Dharma publishers got together and started publishing. If you think about Shambhala, I think their first book was in 1975 or 76. So they didn't start publishing Zen until the 80s. I think Wisdom only started in the 80s or the 90s. So for a long time, it was the Zen book. Well, let's uh, then jump to my least favorite Zen book. We might as well. Go. Go to your least favorite Zen book. Which is also from that period, The Three Pillars of Zen. But I thought we were only going to talk about Soto Zen books. Well, that's why I got to say this. Okay. I am biased here very much because I'm a Soto guy. Yeah. But I think that book did a lot of, uh, how to say, it got people off with bad idea or, or looking for the wrong thing in many cases, because it's from a particular 
flavor of Soto Zen, a little group that emphasizes hard, hard, hard sitting to get a big, big, big Kensho enlightenment experience. I thought it was Rinzai. Well, they're a mixed, they're a mixed Rinzai Soto group, but very much Rinzai in flavor. Okay. The uh, Yasutani Roshi was the very influential reforming Roshi who was very much into these hard, hard push of uh, Zazen with a, a koan introspection and, and big booming Kensho. And the book left people with the idea that they're going to push hard for this experience and then everything would be understood. And I think that messed people up in many ways for 25 years. And um, fortunately, even even the people in that flavor of uh, of Zen seem to have loosened up a little. I read that book a few years after Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. I reread it again maybe 15 years ago, and I just have this memory of these people sitting on the cushion, sweating, going moo, 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 yeah. as if it's like yeah. some sort of military indoctrination. Yeah. No, basically, a lot of Zen books have messed people up until uh, that uh, Zen Master's Dance, A Guide to Dogen. And wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm, I can't, I can't you, speak about my book. You can't, yes. you can't speak about your book. No, no. Not, not that it is the best book ever written. I'm not going to claim that because it's not. Okay. Okay. What's next? Well, uh, how about uh, more books about Dogen that are really uh, wonderful? Now, my, my, I got, sorry, I do have to mention my book again. My book was meant as a very basic introduction to Dogen, but there is a better one. Right. And that is The Great Realizing Genjo Koan by Shohaku Okamura Roshi, who's retiring uh, this month, I believe, after many years of service here in the United States. A wonderful priest, Dogen expert, translator, historian. Genjo, Realizing Genjo Koan is the single best introduction to Dogen and his teachings, bar none. So good, I put it twice on my list. Explain what the Genjo Koan is. The Genjo Koan is uh, not the, the kind of koan, uh, a story that we sit with and we try to understand. It is the koan realized right here, realized right here uh, in our sitting, realized right here in our life. The koan is the question asked and answered right here. That's the Genjo Koan. So there's also a book um, that I really like, called Dogen's Genjo Koan, Three Commentaries. And the commentaries are by Bokusan Nishiari, yeah. Shoku Okumura, and Shunryu Suzuki, and Kosho Uchiyama. I'm not sure how this fits together. I don't have the book handy. So it's three commentaries from three different periods, and they all, they're all the same but different. So they, they look at the Genjo Koan from slightly different angles, and... Whatever you you're a translator like me, I've always found that it's interesting to look at different translations, but also different interpretations of texts. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if I would put that on my uh, list as my absolutely must take it to a desert island book, but it is just as wonderful as you say, and it's interesting that uh, they all have their different approaches, different styles, as we do. Uh, different uh, teachers will approach the same uh, music, the same poetry. Uh, the same uh, sacred text in different ways and find different uh, aspects to it. And that book is a wonderful book. Can't argue with you. What's next? Well, my single favorite Dogen book, uh, for people who already have a handle on Dogen, this is important. I would, I would say this is people who already got a sense of what Dogen was about because they read Realizing Genjo Koan 
uh, by Okamura, or perhaps that dance Zen Masters dance book, but we won't mention that. But um, the Mountains and Waters Sutra, a practitioner's guide to Dogen San Kyo, that's a section of uh, Shobogenzo, also by Shohaku Okamura Roshi. I, I, I wrote a review, if I may read it. I'm not recommending it to newcomers and more for folks who already are experienced and familiar with both Dogen and our ways. Perhaps no book in English has ever so perfectly captured our way of Dogen and Shikantaza just sitting that hits the mark. But to truly appreciate these essays, the reader needs to have a mature understanding and feel for both deep down. But it's a wonderful, it's a classic. You know, I've tried to read that book twice, and I haven't really made it through. I don't know what's blocking me. I've gotten to the halfway point twice. It's not easy. Maybe I just don't know enough to be able to understand that. It's not easy. It's it's the kind of book you read a, a paragraph, a page, maybe a few sentences, put it down, and just let it sit. It's not a cover-to-cover book. And, and there's a similar book, which I'd like to give an honorable mention. Okay. Does that, it have dance in the title? Uh, no. Uh, this one is by, uh, it's a the great professor and Doganologist, Steve Hine, also about Dogen. It's called Readings of Dogen's Treasury of the True Dharma Eye. Some people say that a scholar cannot really get a handle on Dogen. I disagree. He nails it in this book. It's very uh, similar to Mountains and Water Sutra. It's a book that you should go through slowly. Uh, Steve, after years and years of dancing with Dogen, really understands the man I feel. And uh, frankly, some of Steve Hines' early books from years ago, they were kind of a postmodernist, a little hard to get the teeth into. But I think he really, uh, his style, um, he, he, he really hit it. This is his, the summit of his work with Dogen, this book. Uh, mentioning another book of his very recent, Dogen, Japan's Original Zen Teacher, is a wonderful book about Dogen's life and history and the times and the development of Zen of that period. Yeah, I love Steve, so I can joke with him a little. It's a little bit with him. It's another year, another book on Dogen. So I understand that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, because he's a great Doganologist and uh, yep. he's told the story many ways. And can I have an honorable, honorable mention? Sure. We still have a few minutes left. The great Tygen Dan Layton's Visions of Awakening Space and Time. This is how Dogen danced with the great Lotus Sutra. Dogen took the wild Lotus Sutra, wild it up even more. Uh, Dan Layton explains how he did it. Uh, it should be read side by side, I think, with a copy of the Lotus Sutra, and you see what Dogen was all about. Great book. I don't think we're going to really want to talk about the entire Shobogenzo, which is big and it's lots of chapters. But what I find really useful, there are a number of books that contain selections from the Shobogenzo. I want to mention a few that are on my list. Not uh, one including, is let's be pra- fair, do not mention A Zen Master's Dance, A Guide to Dogen in no, New York. Okay. No, won't mention right. that. Do won't not. mention that. Okay. Deepest Practice, Deepest Wisdom, Three Fascicles from Shobogenzo with Commentary by Kosho Uchiyama Roshi. Enlightenment Unfolds, The Essential Teachings of Dogen, translated by Kazuaki Tanahashi, and Moon in a Dewdrop, Writings of Zen Master Dogen by Kazuaki Tanahashi. Yeah, all great. All great. All three of these had different selections. One of them has the Genjo Koan. One or two have the Fukan Zanzengi. It's the heart of the Shobogenzo. You don't need to read all the Shobogenzo. I agree. That's, that's uh, wonderful. 
but you even then it's hard to get into if you don't get a sense for what Dogen was on about. Uh, again, I, I'm not going to mention my book. I'm not, but that's no, what it was about. You know, Dogen was a jazz man. He took the the Buddhist standards. He knew how to bend them up and play wild music with it. You got to get a handle for that. Otherwise, people dive into Dogen and they can't make head or tail of it. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Okay, a best book on posture, how to sit. Yeah. It's a book called The Posture of Meditation by a fellow named Will Johnson, who has a simple message. One size does not fit all. Yep. Uh, in Japan, some places, they try to get everybody to sit the same way. He says, know your own body, have a sense of what feels balanced, and basically, if it feels balanced, stable, and comfortable, it's good. <laughs> I just saved your body in the book. That was the message of your teacher, Guru Nishijima, who was all about keeping the body aligned for the autonomic nervous system to function correctly. For him, posture was at the heart of Zazen. And for many Japanese teachers, not only him, uh, many Japanese teachers are very focused on doing certain things with the body. And, and Will Johnson's uh, point is, know your body and do what is right for you. I think it's brilliant. Doesn't he talk a little about chakras, though, and some other weird things? So you need to yes. take the good and leave the, the rest of it. Yeah. I, I In my review of the book, which I posted separately, I did say he does get a little new agey flighty in a sec, couple of second sections talking about energy. You can skip over those parts. His basic point is, know your body. If it feels right for you, it's good. How about a book about the history of Zen? There's a book uh, published a couple of years ago called The Circle of the Way, A Concise History of Zen from the Buddha to the Modern World by Barbara Hoetsu O'Brien. When I read this book, I, it was enlightening. It was, uh, we don't need to know the history, but it's really useful to know how those original, well, pseudo-original texts from the Buddha's time transmitted through China, through Japan, it's the best history of Zen I think there is. It's better than that two-volume history by the guy, what's his name? Dumoulin. Heinrich Dumoulin. Yeah. Um, Dumoulin? How do you spell Here we go with the pronunciation. Dumoulin? Dumoulin. Dumoulin. Yes. It's extremely readable. It, it's not quite a page-turner, but I found it both enjoyable and really informative. If you're a Zen practitioner, you should know our history. Most of the histories on Zen are by scholars. They're, they're like college textbooks or scholars. Uh, or, or scholars' papers, and, and they're quite dense. Barbara's book is a little paperback. She's brilliant. She goes through the entire history. Honestly, this is one of the things I appreciate. She says that, oh, this is not true. That was a myth. This is something a little bit exaggerated, but so respectful because she's from the inside and she really understands our tradition. She honors the tradition even as she's honest that we there are some things that maybe we're not true, we're made up, or a little bit, uh, you know, exaggerated. Nonetheless, she loves our way. She's a practitioner for, for decades. A wonderful, wonderful book. And if you're a Zen person, you got to know a little bit about our history, because that's how we got here. Okay. What's next on your list? Let's see. How about if uh, your, your grandmother asks you what Zen is, and you don't have a book to give her, or, or what is Buddhism? I got a couple of basic, basic titles. And these are not books for anyone who's been practicing for more than six months. But they're, if you're looking for a basic introduction, what is Buddhism or what is Zen? I got two books for you. May I mention them? Sure, go ahead. The terribly named but wonderful Buddhism for Dummies by Jonathan Landau and Stephen Bodion. 
really, it, it it was very comprehensive, very well written. I thought very fair. Great book. Terrible title. This is what happens when a publisher makes a series and they want to include topics on everything such as sailing for dummies and spelunking for dummies and cooking for dummies. The best introduction to Zen Buddhism when you're trying to tell mom what Zen Buddhism is and she's got no idea and she thinks you're handing out George Harrison tapes and the, they don't do that anymore. They Remember they used to hand out CDs with George Harrison <laughs> in the airport? Uh, you got to be a certain age to remember that. But anyway. Simple Guide to Zen Buddhism by Diana St. Ruth. Great book. Very fair, I think, to Rinzai and Soto and uh, telling the whole history and uh, about our philosophy and practices. Very good. I'm a big fan of Zen poetry. So I want to mention Kazuaki Tanahashi's Sky Above Great Wind, The Life and Poetry of Zen Master Ryokan. Yes. I just love that poetry. It moves me so much. It really is powerful. Because you read poetry in a different way than you read prose. You read for what's not in the words. And, and I find that Zen, you can get the echoes of Zen through that sort of poetry. If I was to take one book to uh, the desert island, that might be it. And also the book of Cold Mountain's poetry. Uh, is that Red Pine, I think? There are several translations. Kaz Tanahashi did one. I think Red Pine did one as well. <laughs> I, I prefer the Ta Tanahashi translation. And, you know, a lot of the books we're talking about here were translated by Kazuaki Tanahashi, who is, he's a giant in transmitting Zen from Japan to English-speaking people. Yes. He's been involved in so many projects like the Shobogenzo Project. He's an amazing guy. He gets the, the serious Dogen stuff and he gets the poetry. And not many translators can do both of those. That's exactly right. Some people are too much into the linguistics as a translator or the history. Tanahashi has it all, and he is a, a poet himself and a practitioner of Zen. He's got it all. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, for example, his Shobo Genzo translation is not always as faithful to the original as some others because he wants to capture the, what would you say, poesy of it. Is that is that right? Do I, I, I misuse that. It, the poetry. The poetry. <laughs> I was trying to be fancy. Simple. The poesy. Yeah, well. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, what is Zen? Oh, no, that's a book title. I just wanted to mention real quick. Oh, oh, I thought that was like a koan you were hitting us with here. No, it's a fairly recent book, also good for beginners. Even if you've been practicing a while, it might answer some questions for you. What is Zen by the great Norman Fisher and Susan Moon? Check it out. It'll answer even if you've been practicing a little while. It's good for beginners and will tell even experienced folks some things they didn't know. Okay, we're getting near the end. Is there anything that's, I, I want to say, Zen-adjacent that we could add? Well, uh, be, be, besides Tom Clancy. Besides the hunt for Red Dogen, yeah. There is Zen in Tom Clancy, I'm telling you. Alan Watt is very entertaining. Yeah. He was amusing, and, and some of the things he, he says still to this day will make you pause, think, and wonder, and look at the sky and go, ah, it's true. But he didn't really have a good handle on Zen. So you got to take it with a lot of grain of salt. I think the same is true of D.T. Suzuki, who started writing in the 50s or the 60s and was probably the person who brought Zen to America. Yeah. He didn't, I don't think he was actually a practitioner, was he? And he was very biased to Rinzai. Soto for him yeah. pretty much didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, he mentions uh, Dogen, I think, a couple of times, not too favorably. And no, that again, um, 50, 60, 70 years ago was all you could get to read. 
and he was brilliant. And I still turn to some of his books because he covers subjects that are important. But it is uh, a very narrow vision of what Zen practice is. It's true. Okay. One last choice. Of a book I'm critical of? It does not have dance in the title? I'm not going to mention the Zen Master's Dance by Wisdom Publications, a guide to Dogen and the... who you are. Okay. Two books. I got to get this quick. Two books I'm going to be critical of. Okay. Or, or a series of books. Recent Stephen Batchelor, I think he was brilliant, bringing this down to earth, saying we don't have to believe in all the myths and things. Recently, he's thrown the baby, the Buddha baby out with the bathwater a little bit. I think he's gone a little too far, but again, I'm biased. If you love Stephen Batchelor, good for you. And Zenit War. Zenit War is a book that covered the very true fact that many Buddhists and others in Japan pre-World War II were very nationalistic. But some people were not as nationalistic as that book proclaims. They were patriotic, or they didn't know what the heck was going on. That book is filled with mistranslations, exaggerations, and blatant not-things-true sometimes. So be careful about that. Brian Victoria told the true story, but he went a little too far. Okay, I got it. I said it. Now I'm in trouble. Stephen Batch was interesting. His, his Buddhism Without Beliefs was a very important book that I read, I want to say, 30 years ago. But his last, I think it's his latest book uh, in 2020, The Art of Solitude, was about him doing peyote and ayahuasca, and he wrote the book and like chose the chapter order at random, and it kind of suggests someone who's drifting, who's really lost his sense of direction. I mean, he has a very interesting life. He was a um, Buddhist monk when he was very young. What did he go to Tibet and then Korea? He wrote some extraordinary things, but then it, something happened, and he, I guess he just... Well, I, I still think his writings are brilliant. I think he was a, a, a Zen monk for a time in Korea. I do not think he yeah. has a very good handle on Soto Zen, non-seeking Shikantaza. So some of his descriptions of Zen, I think, are a little off-key. Even though he was a Zen yeah. monk, he, he was in a certain quarter of Zen. So you see, there you go. I'm in trouble there too. We've How many people have we alienated today? I think that's enough for now. I'll link to all these books in the show notes and I'll link to your list on the Tree Leaf Forum with lists of books and you, you put stars next to them, like which are the best and which are the not so best. And so if people want more books, but I, I think we just need to say one thing here. We don't need all those books. We can just get rid of all of them, can't we? We we all. You're, it's important to read them, put them down, and sit zazen. Uh, and when you put all those links, do do not put one to my book, a Zen Master's Dance, because we don't want to promote that too much. I certainly won't do that. If you had to pick one, you said earlier, if you had to pick one to take to a desert island, it would be the book um, of Ryokan's poetry. But if you had to pick one book about Zen, not that one, which one would it be? If it doesn't have dance in the title. Frankly, if I, I, I would, I would bring six. Uh, does it have to be a book? I'm watching Succession. It's fantastic. I'm on the last <laughs> season. Don't tell me how it ends. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.